Good morning, guys. It's Emmett. First of all, you might have noticed there's new look to the podcast. Uh, that's because I was trying to switch to something that didn't just have purple. Because honestly, purple isn't my favorite color now that it's dominating my feed. Uh, I didn't quite realize how, how it would make it look. So there might be a bit of experimentation as I figure out the new look of the podcast uh, in a way that I feel like matches the aesthetic of my feed. Um, so bear with me. So, <clears throat> I wanted to talk more about the pandemic because I feel like it's the elephant in the room for everybody. And sometimes it makes sense to not think about it because you need the escape, but sometimes it makes th- sense to think about it because it's our reality. Everyone's in the world and we need to uh, grapple with it rather than simply be moved by it. We need to be active participants in this situation if we hope to come out of it uh, in a better spot than if we just sort of were wafted along by it like we are a leaf in a stream. And one of the helpful distinctions I can think of is... Um, short-term needs versus long-term needs, right? So your short-term needs are, what do I need to make it through this week? Am I out of food? Am I starting to feel sick? Am I out of hand sanitizer? Am I going crazy from being in the house? Uh, Am I running out of money? Those short-term needs are, are important. You have to deal with them. And there's tremendous amount of creativity and also generosity going on around that. The long-term needs are the questions of uh, what moves can I make to bring myself a little more security going forward, both while this is still happening and after it's happening. What are the long-term ramifications to our economy and to the, uh, I don't know, daily life um, of this happening? What is the chance of it happening again in the fall or winter? And what are the things I can do to buffer myself against that? So, for instance... I've been doing these daily blog posts about gardening, recognizing that they're not going to help anybody who is hungry now. They're not going to help anybody who needs food right now, who needs some food security right now. For that, uh, might I recommend that you try buying some food online, either from Amazon or in bulk from farms that are equipped to handle that sort of thing. Um... Uh, there are a number of farms in our area that have teamed up to provide either delivery or curbside pickup at farm stores where they formed a consortium of farms to provide a broader range of goods to people. Um, and there are a number of just small sort of farm stand stores where you can get stuff locally. Obviously, if you're in a city 
the situation is different. Um, what I th- what I think is value about about sharing the the gardening tips is that I think that it is a strong long-term security move for everyone who can possibly do it to have a garden, even if it's just a couple pots on your windowsill of stuff. I think it's worth doing. And I think it's worth investing time and energy and money into as you have available. Now, I'm acutely aware that many people aren't going to have any money to invest in this. And, and that's okay because, excuse me, for the last 12 years, I haven't had much money to invest in my garden either, but I did it nonetheless. And so I'm pretty well versed in how to garden when you don't have a lot of money starting out. I think the other big thing for people besides their health, which I'm not really, uh, I'm not really an authority to speak on, is your economic well-being. And in the short term, it seems pretty clear that you you need to do what you need to do to make money. And to some people, that might be assuming the risk of taking one of these delivery jobs that's really uh, cropping up and pushing yourself to learn a new skill, accepting the fact that your life is now divided into a before and after and moving on. For other people who are lucky enough to either still have work or have uh, some resources that they're not looking to immediately just get a job, and even for the people who need to just get a job, it's worth thinking about what is potentially coming down the road economically. It seems clear to me that there's going to be a number of shifts in our economy, um, some of which are not clear. But, uh, but even, even as, uh, even as sort of the economic fallout of people losing jobs continues, there's going to, or, or, sorry, not continues, but, uh, gets better. There's going to be a restructuring of our society based more around automation uh, using these technologies that are really getting a test run right now uh, as businesses figure out how to automate their systems so that many of their workers can stay home. Those aren't just going to automatically go away. So figuring out what you're going to do for a living becomes more imperative than ever. Uh, I've had a number of conversations with my friend Sasha, who, Sasha has a podcast now, very similar to mine in format, just her talking. She's extremely knowledgeable um, and has done a lot more than me. You should check it out. Uh, it's called Sasha's Shenanigans. Uh, it's through Anchor, same as here, so you can find it on the Anchor app or just search for it in Spotify or other places. I've had a number of conversations with Sasha about how we anticipate that there's going to be a boom in people trying to step up their side hustle because they recognize that 
it's the thing that they can control. And so if you are one of those people, it's worth being thoughtful about what that's going to look like. Um, and how you might distinguish yourself within that scenario so that you are successful in, in creating a business for yourself. Obviously, you need to decide for yourself if you want to create a business where you employ other people and have a fair amount of overhead um, or if you want to basically just work for yourself and be able to be lean uh, and pivot quickly. I've certainly prioritized this second one and in this certain circumstance it's worked out because I can continue operating as is and if the situation changes I can pivot easily. I see friends of mine who own businesses, real businesses, um, in much more of a financially stuck situation where they still have employees, they have obligations to those employees, and they are needing to find ways to maintain their business even while it relies on a much bigger supply chain and uh, and interrelationships with other industries that have also somewhat shut down. So the opportunity to make money is greater if you have a real business with employees and all that, but the risk of disruption by something like this and the headache it provides is also greater. So you need to decide that. And you don't need to decide it. I don't think you need to decide it right away. I think you just need to start exploring things. But be thoughtful as you say yes or no to things if something is a good fit for what in your gut you have a sense for. I was having a conversation with Ruben Godby, the spoon carver, the other day in which I was describing to him. It became clear to me that one thing I haven't articulated is that the combination of things you see me do now is not me having some masterful vision of what was going to work. It was me trying a whole bunch of stuff, and then what you see now is just the stuff that worked out, the stuff that I decided I liked doing, the stuff that fit together well. And so... If you look at someone and you're like, God, they, you know, like, look at that. They've got all these things that, you know, dovetail together so nicely. And it seems like they really enjoy what they're doing. Recognize that you're seeing them at a particular phase in their career where they've tried a bunch of things and this is what has worked out. And it doesn't mean that you need to have that be all figured out before you begin. As long as you set yourself up so that you can shift and pivot and pivot and pivot and pivot and add stuff and subtract stuff along the way. <clears throat> and 
the combination that's right for me is not going to be right for somebody else because it's a combination of what I enjoy. Come on, dogs. Willa. It's a combination of what I enjoy, a combination of what advantages I have, and a combination of what restrictions I have on my life. Willa, come on. Hey, come on. Let's go. Good girl. Let's go. So, <clears throat> so right, so short-term and long-term needs. It is hard to hold both of these things in your head at one time, in part because thinking about your long-term needs can get confused with your short-term needs and then you start to feel panicked that the short-term crisis is going to be long-term. And while it might, and you need to plan for that, it, it also, you need to plan for situations that aren't just a continuation of the present moment. You need to be able to plan for things getting worse, things getting better, things pivoting in ways that aren't worse or better, um, but just different. When, we had the tornado come through our neighborhood. We had a tornado come through our neighborhood three years ago. We had just moved into our house about a year prior. And tornado came through and just shattered our street. Our house was one of the least hit. But neighbors in all directions from us had major damage to their houses. We lost a few roof tiles. And that was it. We were extremely lucky. But it made me appreciate the fact that I had no plan for such an occurrence. And it got me obsessed for about a year with planning for and getting the right supplies for different situations. And one of the things that I realized early on was that I couldn't just create a sort of one-size-fits-all um, I couldn't plan for one-size-fits-all. That a, a situation of sort of a long, drawn-out crisis like this required very different uh, equipment and supplies and expertise than a short crisis where perhaps our house was destroyed by a tornado and we needed to go shelter somewhere else. Both of those scenarios seemed quite real and possible back then because I saw it happen to our neighbors. And so, to some extent, this crisis now was something that I've been thinking about and anticipating. Not necessarily the, well, both. The short-term shelter-in-place, but definitely the sort of long-term, you've got a hole up a little bit and and make sure you know how to provide for yourself to some extent it's definitely not a like separatists fantasy where you don't interact with the world at all and in fact connection and sharing both with neighbors and with the community at large is a crucial component of of coming through this experience 
with our humanity intact and our the fabric of our community stronger than it was before. So, for instance, in the advice I'm giving about gardening, I'm trying to give people the ability to feed themselves, but I'm also trying to give people the ability to feed their neighbors, to grow enough to share with their neighbors. Dogs, come here. Hold on, we got a car coming. Dogs, come here. Come here. Good dogs. Sit. Sit. Good dogs. <clears throat> Good girls. Stay there. Mm-hmm. Stay there. Hi, Bill. Okay, they'll bark at you a little bit, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, Maisie, Maisie, come here. Come away from the truck. Maisie, hey, come here. Come here. Sit. Good girl. Yeah, exactly. Stay. So, um, I think these thought exercises in what you do in a short and long-term situation, they're no longer thought exercises. They're the reality of people. I'm gonna pause for a second. Okay, I didn't want to disturb our neighbor enjoying listening to the spring peepers in the frog pond. So now I'm far enough away that I think it won't bother him. So, this long-term and short-term uh, planning is no longer hypothetical. It's real. We're in it right now. And we all need to make sure that we're addressing our short-term needs, but also making the steps to do the long-term things. And I'd say one of the biggest mistakes I see people make I've had a number of people express this to me and it dismays me is that people are addressing their short-term needs but they are treating this as though they need to put their long-term needs on hold. I just had a woman the other day who I'd had conversations with about shifting her art business to doing some work on Instagram. Say, well, I'm not sure it's worth having that conversation now because of what's going on. And I wanted to say to her, and I probably will have a chance to say, now more than ever, it's important to be playing the long game. Because if you want to have this thing resolve and not be caught flat-footed, you need to be putting in the work now. Not necessarily tons of work, but you need to be thoughtfully preparing for what comes next. Just because so many people are at home and everything feels like it's paused does not mean that it makes sense to pause. It means that it makes sense more than ever to be preparing for what's coming next. Whether that's going back to work whether that's figuring out what you're going to do for work, whether that's 
figuring out how to uh, give yourself and your community a little more abundance than you might otherwise have had. And maybe that looks like planting a garden. And maybe that looks like starting a business. And maybe that looks like following through on growing a social media presence that you can leverage into work later on. But it's a mistake, a really big mistake, to think that because you're home and so many things have been canceled or put on hold, that your life is put on hold. Because that's not the way it's going to work on the back end of this. And if you treat it that way, you're going to be really sad at how it all unfolds for you. Wow, real downer way to end that episode. Sorry about that, but that's what I believe. And uh, I look forward to hearing your thoughts on this over on Instagram. Thanks as always for listening. I hope you're enjoying a day that is as beautiful as it is here. Sunny, supposed to be 60, slightly breezy. Um, And we'll talk tomorrow.